It's time for midday on this Friday, the 29th day of January. In fact, it'll be our final midday here in the month of January. Thanks for tuning in wherever you may be listening. I'm Tyler Cavalli. We'll hear from Jason Jorgensen in sports coming up in just a moment. Bob Brogan will step in, talk about how stocks are doing as well. A little foggy out there, so just be mindful of that. Unless you're out west, then you're already seeing low to mid-40s already. Let's catch up with Susan Littlefield, who's joining us. And uh, Susan, is it foggy in your neck of the woods? It was extremely foggy this morning, probably within the last hour, hour and a half. I actually got to see the sun versus that that foggy mirage that covers it up. Ah, yes. Yeah, so prime conditions in your area. It is. But, you know, (laughs) 90 days out, we should see what Mother Nature throws at us. That's true. Hopefully it's uh, warmer weather and dries up all the snow. Well, we'll take moisture, though. We need it. Well, that's a good one. All right. Very good. Well, uh, let's. Uh, what's coming up here on Midday? That leads into exactly what's happening on Midday. Al Dutcher joins us because it's Friday, and we've got a fast-moving front that's coming in, just what everybody wants to hear. Uh, he will be talking more about that and what we're going to see in the effects in the week to come. Then Alex will jump in at 1245 as Season 3 of Heartland Docs DVM premieres this Saturday at 10, 9 Central on Nat Geo Wild. Of course, it features some great Nebraska husband-wife veterinary duos. And then you can find out more about them and their show coming up at 1245. And then it's Friday Feeders. FNBO is our great sponsor. And we head just outside of Columbus as I talk with Mike Drennan. We know the snow has caused for a lot of slowdowns, but it doesn't mean care for livestock changes any. We'll talk about how a feedlot deals with 10-plus inches of snow when Mother Nature throws it at her. That is the midday from the farm team. All right, very good. Thank you, Susan. Have a good weekend. You too. All right, thank you very much. Let's turn it over to Jason Jorgensen in sports. And Well, the UNK women, all good things must come to yeah, an end, undefeated, no more. The old rival comes up from the south and uh, took care of the Lopers last night, 61-49. Mm. Rematches tomorrow in Hayes with the women's game at 2 and the men's game at 4. We'll have those on 93.1 the river and 106.9 in Carning. Also, uh, Husker Volleyball tonight. Uh, Nebraska at home this weekend against Northwestern. Both games are at 6 tonight and tomorrow night. You can catch those games here on 880 KRV. And we'll get thoughts of head coach John Cook. You know, he says this this is a different year for a lot of different reasons. You have the back-to-back games. And also, there were no non-conference matches right. to kind of tinker and work on some things. So uh, we'll get his take on that. What's his thoughts on the back-to-back games, basically all Friday and Saturdays? I think he's okay with it. It's, it's a necessary evil. It's the best plan they could come up with and try to keep everybody safe and not have an outbreak like what Husker basketball has had, which they haven't played in a month. I think they're going to play sometime in February. Allegedly, I've kind of seen they're going to try. But, I mean, what condition will they be? And it would have been about 40 days since they'd played. I don't see any way that they make up all the games that they've lost to this point. I just don't see it. And they're not the only ones. I mean, Correct. It's, it's happened across Correct. college sports. All right, very good. Thank you very much. Let's turn over to Bob Brogan and uh, how his stock's doing so far. Game stocks, GameStop's stock is back to the races while the overall U.S. market is falling again as uh, that saga has captivated and confused Wall Street. So we're continuing to watch a back and forth there. U.S. consumers slowed their spending by two-tenths of a percent in December and the number of Americans who signed contracts to buy homes 
declined slightly for the straight fourth straight month. Details on those stories. Com. On the next Rural Radio Forum, we learn how businesses and entities adapted and overcame the worldwide pandemic in the past year. We'll tell stories of success, perseverance, and people who made lemonade out of the 2020 sour lemons. From macro to micro levels, people of the Great Plains learned to carry on to the COVID crisis. Brought to you by the Angler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program. Join us for the next Rural Radio Forum, February 9th at 3 p.m. Central Time, 2 p.m. Mountain Time. Time for another look at our KRVN Weather Watch, regional ag weather. And it's brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. Paul Perkins has now stepped in. And, well, Paul, it's a little foggy out there, and uh, hopefully this ends relatively soon. Yeah, currently the dense fog advisory up until noon, especially for central, west central, and southwest Nebraska in the nearby parts of Kansas. But still those visibilities down to a quarter of a mile in the Lexington area. Uh, visibility is down to a half mile in Grand Island, mile and a half in Hastings, and three quarters of a mile up towards Broken Bow and Ord. So definitely still on the foggy side and soupy side, uh, probably gradually letting up as the afternoon goes on. Now, unfortunately, even though the fog will dissipate, we will still have cloud coverage the entire day. Yeah, not looking at any chances for sunshine until about Sunday. Some clouds for today hanging around and then... You may get lucky when we did here for a brief moment here at the station, see some breaks, yes. peaks of sun through the clouds, but then it quickly clouded back up, and it made for a pretty scene out there with all the frost on the uh, trees right now. You know, it's interesting because if you go out west of the Panhandle, like yesterday, where they are seeing some some light uh, uh, sunshine, it's 47 in Kimball. Yeah, very warm out there. Uh, still a fair amount of cloud cover, even all the way into the Nebraska Panhandle. But, yeah, big range in temperatures right now. Kimball at 47 compares with 27 as you head into eastern Nebraska and 23 right now in the temperature in the Broken Bow area and 19 right mm-hmm. now in North Platte. Now, unfortunately, you don't have much good news for us for this upcoming weekend in terms of a little storm coming through. Yeah, a little bit of a system tomorrow. That will be the main impact will be some winds with that. We'll have to watch out for travel on the highways because of that blowing snow because we did see some of that yesterday mm-hmm. with some south winds blowing some snow onto the highways. All right, very good. Again, temperatures right now mostly in the 20s unless you go further west, and then you're seeing warmer temperatures. Exactly. Most of it's, yeah, low to mid-20s currently. Some upper 20s to low 30s as you head towards about Hastings on into much of southeast Nebraska and central and east Kansas. Low pressure approaching for today. That will help to lift some of the fog as the day goes on, but still those skies remaining mostly cloudy today, and our temperatures about 5 to 10 degrees colder than normal. A wintry mix. Light snow and rain, a possibility for tomorrow into tomorrow evening when that area of low pressure tracks across Kansas. The better chances for precipitation over eastern areas, a much smaller chance in the central. The main impact will be some strong north winds for tomorrow afternoon into tomorrow night. That will lead to that blowing snow and once again some slick spots on the pavement from the snow blowing onto the road. A ridge of high pressure bringing in some sunshine for Sunday into much of early next week. That will keep Sunday through most of Wednesday dry with warmer temperatures in the upper 30s to the low 40s, so finally getting above freezing for many locations. In a system to watch, that significant snowstorm looks to impact the central plains Wednesday night into Thursday, but still a lot of uncertainty as to where that storm system will be. But it will have plenty of moisture to work with and likely some strong winds. 
Once again, still plenty of differences among the forecast models regarding the exact path of that storm. A better idea of the track will be known in the next several days. In our long-term forecast, much of early February getting off to a cold start. Colder than normal temperatures are likely for Wednesday through February 11th in not only Nebraska and Kansas, but also the central and western U.S. Above normal precipitation, very likely for Nebraska and Kansas for the mid to late part of next week. Most precipitation chances decreasing slightly with near normal to slightly above normal precipitation by next weekend through February 11th once that storm system does depart. Key weather factors driving the markets include favorable rain in Argentina's weekend forecast and continued heavy rain chances in southern Brazil. Here in the west, the sprawling storm in the west moving across the central and southern plains for tomorrow and the Ohio Valley on Sunday. Wintry precipitation will cover a broad area from the Midwest into the mid and northern Atlantic states while rain and thunderstorms briefly affecting the southeast. In the Midwest, the moderate precipitation having a positive effect on the soil moisture. Wheat areas of the Southern Plains this weekend system will bring some moderate precipitation to the eastern half. Another system the middle of next week, though, looks more promising for increasing that moisture throughout the entire Southern Plains. The Northern Plains mostly bypassed by this weekend's storm. Across southern and western Brazil, thunderstorms continue with varying amounts. The heaviest rains indicated for the south with some threat of local flooding. Showers will disrupt the soybean harvest with ongoing delays in the start of the planting of second crop corn. Northeast Brazil will see some much-needed light rain. For central Argentina, rain chances will continue to increase through the weekend, likely last into much of next week. Argentina's crops moving further into the reproductive stage, and the rain's coming at a key time. So next week, as we look ahead to what could potentially be a, a decent system that moves through on Wednesday, is some of that coming in slowly from what we're seeing on the West Coast right now, where they're just getting inundated with all that snow? That's The system is moving out in from the West Coast, affecting us tomorrow, but another system will be coming in off the Pacific Ooh. Coast. So okay. still a lot of uncertainty as to the forecast models, because some of them have even fluctuated as to how much snow we're going to get. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully we get a little bit of a reprieve. Go north <laughs> or south of us. <laughs> Give us a break here for a while. So, All right. Very good. Uh, for more weather, where can you find that at? Weather page, krvn.com. Thank you very much. It's their specialty. Chad Moyer with you here on the Rural Radio Network, and it is time for our weekly visit with Nebraska's ag climatologist, Al Dutcher. Al, thanks for joining us again uh, here this week. And if I remember last week, you told us about some of these fast-moving fronts, one of which brought, what, 14 inches plus to the Lincoln area. Are are we still in the midst of these fast-moving systems? What's the latest, Al? Yeah, we sure are, and we've got several systems we have to deal with, and and the amazing thing is when we taped last week that it mentioned that it looked like the heaviest of the bunch of the precipitation would lie just across southeast and Nebraska and points to the south. And so that's a concern when we kind of look at models going forward because this first system that is expected to impact us over the next 24 hours is going to rapidly move out into the region as we go through the overnight hours and spread some warmer air into eastern Nebraska and points to the south and east. So that's going to result in basically an overrunning precipitation regime as that low pressure system slides toward the east southeast of Nebraska. And as it does that, that wraparound moisture is going to give us a, a widespread precipitation then across the eastern third of the state with the most likely area of more significant moisture being the area across extreme southeastern Nebraska where maybe in the area of a quarter of an inch to three quarters of an inch of rainfall may occur 
on the snowpack. But as you get toward the northwest, the bigger snowpack, it looks like the precipitation totals drop off from the tenth to a quarter inch range with this. So we're going to accumulate that moisture in the snowpack. The residential streets and the urban areas that are snowpack are likely to turn icy because they're not going to completely melt off. And then we're going to see the system rapidly move out, and the major heavy moisture will move to the east of us, and we can see some significant moisture from central Iowa all the way through Ohio. We get a brief respite. We start to see ridging build in. We get very warm conditions in western Nebraska, particularly the Panhandle. We could be looking at 50s and 60s by midweek, more likely in the lower 40s to mid-40s across southern Nebraska, especially as you get into the deeper snowpack. And as you go into northeast Nebraska, we may move up into the upper 30s to maybe the low 40s by midweek. But yet we turn our attention to a very major storm system. It's been advertised now for the past week. The only thing that I've mentioned is it's been backing it up toward western Nebraska instead of focusing on eastern Nebraska. So as the system comes out, expect a very, very significant weather change as we go into the third and the fourth. Depending on which model run you look at, the GFS or the Euro, that's really more of a time industry. Both of them show a significant weather event that's likely to materialize, and it's likely to impact our cattle producers, particularly during calving, and it's isolating the snowfall from central into northwestern Nebraska right now is the heaviest portion of the equation, and I would not be surprised if we will see a foot-plus snow out of this in some location with the high winds. That system itself passes to the east of it, starts to pull in some Arctic air on the back side of it, and another weaker wave moves down that northwest flow sometime around the 9th and the 10th, or excuse me, the 6th and the 7th. That gives us a moderate chance of snowfall. The reason I want to bring this up is these systems are being stronger as they get closer to the event. So that would be another one to watch for additional snowfall across western Nebraska, eventually swinging in through eastern Nebraska. And then we start to see signs possibly of a break in the weather pattern to a much warmer regime as we go mid-month. But I will caution you, yesterday's run of the GFS model showed us an extreme cold, bitter weather continuing on through that period from mid-month into the third week of the month. So there's a lot of uncertainty from the mid-month period on, but for what's certain right now is that we are likely to see several rounds more of additional precipitation. All right, very good. As always, thanks for the information and the insight. We've been visiting with Nebraska's ag climatologist, Al Dutcher, on this week's update. Here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyer reporting. TV. It's time for Midday Sports. Tyler Cavalli along with you, now joined by Jason Jorgensen. Nebraska Volleyball back in action. It's this Friday-Saturday type of deal, and, uh, well, today's Friday, so they'll play against Northwestern. Yeah, home opener for the Huskers. Not that anybody really will be there. Uh, there'll be some empty seats at the Devaney Center. Of course, this year is different going with these back-to-back games. Also, there was no non-conference season this year to tinker on some things and head coach john cook says it's made it different you know it's early normally we have four weeks to tweak before we get to the big 10 uh but now we don't have that but we're, you're always trying to tweak so we're, we're tweaking some things and um you know i think it's going to be that way for each week cook made his comments this week on the husker sports network northwestern's also 2-0 after they swept rutgers tonight and tomorrow night's matches each start at six we will bring those to you here on 880 krvm Sam Hybe led five Huskers in double figures with 24 points, while Kate Kane and Bella Cravens each chipped in double-doubles as Nebraska ran past Wisconsin 84-68. It's Nebraska's biggest victory of the year. The Huskers 9-5 and overall, 7-4 and in the Big Ten. 
Well, the Ford Hay State Tigers used a strong second quarter and a big fourth quarter to upset fourth-ranked UNK last night, 61-49 at the Health and Sports Center. Ford Hay State took control out, scoring the Lopers 23-9 in the second quarter. Then after UNK pulled within six to start the fourth, they went on a 12-1 spurt to put the game away. Assistant coach Devin Amy says UNK needs to put that one behind them. we got to figure it out because this is a quick turnaround. I mean, this is you know something that's not normal. Uh, we're gonna go down there on Saturday, and and uh, you know we got to regroup tomorrow, and, and you can't feel bad for yourself. I mean, they're a quality basketball team. I mean, you know, in the first half we gave them 36 points, way too much. And the Lopers have only been giving up on average 48 points per game. Two teams play again tomorrow in a Hayes women's game at two, men's game at four. And the UNK softball team has been picked 10th in this year's preseason MIAA coaches poll. Head coaches vote on the makeup of the poll, but cannot vote for their own team. Uh, two years ago, the Lopers went 20 and 24. Last year, they were having an okay year, 13 and 13, when COVID hit and everything was shut down. For a lot of those spring sports, it's been almost a whole yeah. year since they've been back in action. That's tough stuff. And just trying to stay in, in rhythm for a whole year, I can't imagine that would be very easy. It's different. Uh, UNK, like most teams from the north, are scheduled to begin the season with a bunch of games down south. So hopefully, they can pull those off and, you know some similar of the schedule also shows us that if softball is starting up that eventually we we will get to spring let's hope so that's got to be in the near future right things yeah. got to warm up by uh, spring training i think yeah. they they report to like a couple, a couple of weeks yeah. so, we'll melt this huge snowpack and you know things will turn green in better, three months better things to come <laughs> yeah. that's right thank you very much jason them to work for you. KRBN is turning 70 on February 1st. Oh, yes, we've aged like fine wine, and we want you to help us celebrate. Tell us your favorite memory or story, and it could be heard on the air. Visit krbn.com. Use the open mic feature on the KRBN app, or visit our Facebook pages to share your favorite story. Listen in February 1st for an all-day celebration as former legends join us throughout the day. Celebrate with us on February 1st. Time for midday news, and Dave Schroeder has now stepped in. And Dave, no treats today. No treats today. No, I may have to start baking a little <laughs> bit more. I think, but uh, Girl Scout cookies. Those samples were very good, and they are. Uh, sales are just around the corner. The uh, cinnamon toast ones, right? That's what You're they right. were. Or yep, toast uh, yay. Toast yay. Yeah, uh, with the uh, French toast is what it's based on. Yeah. Okay, all yep. right. Uh, very, very good. Highly suggested. Uh, we are not being paid, by the way, by the Girl Scouts. To uh, we are not endorsed by them, but they were fantastic. Absolutely. What do you have for us on this Friday? Well, Miles for Heroes. That's an organization that was established for veterans getting back into life as a civilian. Founder Josh Morrell says they have worked all over Nebraska and will be organizing a goose hunt for this weekend. We're going to do a, a goose hunt out there in Kearney. Uh, we've got a lot of guys that, you know, a lot of friends of ours that have really watched Miles for Heroes grow out there in the Kearney area that have really helped out and stepped up with this. We've got about four or five different places that we're going to take them out goose hunting that we're going to try to get them on some geese. Now, after the hunt tomorrow on Saturday, they'll all be gathering at Joe's Honky Tonk in Kearney and you are all invited. You can go to milesforheroes.com for more information. University of Nebraska Kearney is hosting an educational webinar called Racism, Black Students, and the Emerging Mental Health Crisis. 
Ebony McGee, an associate professor of education at uh, Vanderbilt's Peabody College, will discuss the topic on February 4th at 5 p.m. McGee studies racial inequality and marginalization in higher education and STEM professions. They would like to participate, for those who would like to participate, they're asked to uh, uh, contact the University of Nebraska Kearney. One continuing education unit is available for licensed professionals. Nebraska could soon eliminate all of its virus-related restrictions on gatherings if the number of people hospitalized with COVID continues to decline, even though few people in the state have been vaccinated for the coronavirus. State health officials say the restriction could be lifted this weekend if virus patients continue to occupy fewer than 10% of Nebraska's hospital beds. Now, as of Wednesday, about 8% of the state's hospital beds were occupied by COVID patients. The Kansas City, Kansas Fire Department is taking steps to improve recruitment and retention of minority and female candidates. Chief Michael Callahan said this year's recruit class did not come close to meeting the department's goals for increasing inclusivity. The department received a $2.3 million grant last year to add 18 firefighters, but the initial pool of applicants included 48% more minority or female candidates, but when the candidates were selected, only 32% were minority and none were female. Callahan says the department plans to improve preparation for the physical agility test, restart a trainee program, and eliminate past marijuana use as an automatic disqualification. I'm Dave Schroeder on the Rural Radio Network. Pesticide label directions. Season 3 of Heartland Docs DVM is premiering this Saturday at 10, 9 central on Nat Geo Wild. And today we're joined by the stars of the show, Drs. Ben and Aaron Schrader of Hardington, Nebraska. Thanks so much for being with us today. You Thank betcha. you for having us. So Heartland Docs DVM is now in its third season after launching about a year ago. Uh, we'll get to the details of season 3, but first, for those who maybe aren't familiar with the show... Catch us up on what it's all about. What happened in seasons one and two? <laughs> well, you saw us blubbering around trying to do our job up here in Hardington, <laughs> Nebraska. But we, uh, you know, we've really been fortunate to tell our story about being rural veterinarians in, in Nebraska, which, which not a lot of people in the country as a majority know about. So yeah. it's been fun to tell that story. It is. To really share what, you know, a, a, a glimpse into the life of a... Midwestern veterinarian. It's, it's um, I, I don't know. It's, it's been pretty amazing. So season three of this show will be premiering on Saturday, January 30th. Without giving away too much, uh, what can viewers expect in season three? <laughs> oh, lots of laughs, a few tears. A midlife crisis. A midlife crisis. That was his, not mine. Um, <laughs> and um, we have some amazing animals that we were able to work with, um, you know, lots of livestock, horses, cows, um, dogs and cats, but we also really had a wide variety of wildlife that was brought into us uh, this season. And so, um, you know, those are some of the most special and memorable cases, I think, for us. Um, and in particular, we, we were able to work on a bald eagle, and um, that, that, that is just such a majestic creature, and that's an experience we'll never forget. Aaron and I really believe in rescuing animals and, and making sure that, you know, every animal has a voice. And so these are our two rescue animals. 
Um, yeah. I have Happy. Aaron and I have Skittles. Skittles, who has wintered well. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's got a little extra insulation on there, just like the rest of us. <laughs> but there is a story about poor little Happy. Um, he likes to play with the cats. And he caught uh, a nail or a tooth right underneath his neck right here. And he had a big abscess. And in the middle of the night, our whole family had to come in and try to get, get Happy going again. And it almost turned out not very well because almost, of an anesthetic problem. Almost turned out unhappy. But, mm -hmm. but he's here. <laughs> he's clearly very tired. This is his nap time. <laughs> yeah, as you can see, he, he's okay. So in the show, we see you guys taking care of typical Nebraska animals, your cattle, horses, sheep, dogs, cats. But you also mentioned that you're taking care of some really neat wildlife that's being brought into your vet clinic. What would you say has been maybe the most memorable animal you've worked with so far? We have a really cool story in this season about a raccoon um, that was saved as a very, very young infant. And uh, this, this gal took care of her until she was about four months old. Well, you've all seen That's a, a four, you've seen a four-month-old raccoon, right? They're pretty big, they're rambunctious, and they're ready to be released. And this gal uh, didn't have really the the knowledge or the the know-how to get this baby raccoon released back to the wild, <clears throat> and we got to help her do that. And I love that story. It, it really is. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the raccoon's name was. Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla. Yes, because she was a terror. Yeah. And uh, we got to go up to the Missouri River uh, right next to our, our clinic here and release her and, and um, where, where she wasn't close to any humans anymore. Actually, we had to scare her uh, the last time we got to release her, uh, scare the heck out of her so that she wouldn't, would always have that lasting memory of humans being scary to her. So yeah. we were with the wildlife officer, which made it even better uh, because this is where he, uh, he does this all the time. We're visiting with doctors Ben and Aaron Schrader. They're the stars of Heartland Docs DVM. I do want to ask because your sons, Charlie and Chase, play a really big role in this show. So a year in, how have you seen your sons grow and change throughout this process? Well, they play a big role because they're getting to be big boys. <laughs> yeah. uh, Aaron and I used to be the tall ones in the family, and they've now surpassed us. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, at first when we started this journey of filming, um, there was a lot of hesitancy and they were very nervous about it. And now I think they've really, they've stepped into being on camera and, um, and really engaged in taking a part and are very proud of what we do as a family and, um, and what's being represented. And, um, and they're just maturing naturally, kind of. <laughs> with two teenage boys i'm sure you uh you'll take what you can get well you guys got noticed nationally because of your work your renovations on the hardington hotel can you update us on some of these other projects that you guys do while also being full-time veterinarians well we're very excited that the hotel is opening back up next week um it's been a tough year to have a hotel <laughs> to say the least um, but we're opening back up and um, we have another old building we're currently working on that we're you know it, there's just something about the smell and the creeks in an old building and um, we just we can't seem to quite shake that habit but um, it, it's going to be a, a fun project and I'm really excited to be able to welcome people you know safely um, back to the hotel um, and, and get to experience a little piece of the past. 
All right. Well, as we round out this conversation, we know that season three is coming January 30th. What's the best way to be able to watch the season three premiere? Well, um, Saturday nights um, on National Geographic Wild Channel, our show is, I say this backwards every time you do it. 10, 9 central. <laughs> okay. Saturday nights. So uh, we can't wait to see you. And National Geographic Wild is an amazing channel. We love all the shows on there and we are just so happy to be part of that family. Yeah. We invite your family to come watch our family. All right. And I'm sure many Nebraskans are looking forward to it. Thanks so much. That again is Drs. Ben and Aaron Schrader of Hardington, Nebraska. And their show, Heartland Docs DVM, is premiering season three this Saturday at 10, 9 central on Nat Geo Wild. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network. Trial. With the business report for Friday, I'm Bob Brogan. GameStop stock is back to the races while the overall U.S. market is falling again as the saga that's captivated and confused Wall Street ramps up the drama. GameStop shot up more than 70% in early trading, clawing back most of its steep loss yesterday after Robinhood said it will allow customers to start buying some of the stock again. GameStop has been on a stupefying run this month and become the battleground where swarms of smaller investors see themselves making an epic stand against the financial elite. U.S. consumers slowed their spending by two-tenths of a percent in December, cutting back for a second straight month. The decline reported today by the Commerce Department followed a seasonally adjusted seven-tenths percent drop in November. It's the latest sign that consumers, whose spending is the primary driver of the U.S. economy, are hunkered down and avoiding traveling, shopping, and dining out. Since making a brief bounce back from the viral pandemic last spring, consumer spending has barely grown. The number of Americans who signed contracts to buy homes declined slightly for the fourth straight month, but it was still a record high for December. The National Association of Realtors says its index of pending sales dipped three-tenths of a percent to 125.5 in December, an all-time high. An index of 100 represents the level of contract activity in 2001. It was the fourth straight monthly decline, but contract signings last month were up 21.4% over December 2019. Nebraska's leading economic indicator rose again during December 2020, according to the most recent report from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. The leading indicator rose by 0.36%, marking the third consecutive monthly increase. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm... It's time once again for the FNBO's Friday Feeders. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. For cattle producers in the recent snowstorm, it means business as usual. Mike Drennan raises cattle with his sons outside of Columbus. And when it came to feedlot caretaking, it was moving snow, getting them fed. Well, Susan, you know, it's it's like everybody else. You get out there early and you start cleaning up the, you know, the alleyways so you can get to the bunks. Um, big important part is just uh, make sure that the, you know, water is all working, the cattle are okay there. Um, then get the bunks cleaned out because they are, you know, hungry and they need to eat and, and you know, help warm up the animal and things like that. So that's the big thing. I mean, it's like 
Everybody understands that, and the key part is is making sure that the cattle are comfortable. But number one, make sure we get food and their water is ready to go. So everybody starts out real early and, and gets after that, and they understand that importance. It's those cattle rely on us, and everybody's very well aware, aware of that. It does take some time to get in there and get the snow moved and get everything taken care of. But for the cattle, they're right to the feed bunk, I'm sure, as soon as the opportunity comes. Yeah, it is. I mean, and they come up there and they're ready for it. And as soon as we start stirring around and, you know, you see the blades coming in and dozers and moving the snow. Um, big part, too, is obviously the bunk blowers. And it's, uh, you know, those things are... Uh, are quite a tool to have. I mean, they sure save a lot of time, a lot of sore backs too. But uh, I think, uh, gosh, I, I think about every one of us. I know our, our boys, they learned how to scoop bunks, and, and I guess I did too. And, and Dad didn't get a bunk sweep or cleaner until I went to college, Susan. So that kind of told me a few things. So I, the boys all understood that. They knew how to do that, and, and everybody does too. And so we've got the equipment today that, it can really handle these things and, and it goes much smoother and uh, works out real well. For somebody who doesn't have an understanding of or maybe has never had the opportunity to see a feedlot uh, post snowstorm, even during the snowstorm, um, just talk a little bit more about the care that goes into keeping these animals safe because obviously moving them into a big barn to get them out of the elements is not an option. Right. And, and so, you know, our job is to make them as comfortable as possible. There's certain cattle that, you know, right after a storm, you know, we'll provide some bedding for them and be able to, uh, you know, help the cattle in that respect. Um, there's some cattle that can use that. And then also, too, you know, we make sure that if there's snow piled up in the pins and things like that, we remove that. So there's an awful lot of work that goes into play. And, uh, you know, it's trying to make those cattle comfortable because that is the key right there. And it, it helps the pin conditions, keep them in decent shape. But number one, get the cattle comfortable because we know it's 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 tough out there and everybody's out there with them. But it's they're in the elements. And so we have to do whatever we can to make them as comfortable as possible. And and again, when you make sure they you got fresh water, um, good feed and get it to them as quickly as possible. And the water's always there, but just make sure nothing's frozen. But but the feed, you know, and that's where our crew, everybody on the crew, we all get together, and the number one first thing that you really do is get your lanes open, get the bunks clean, and get feed to the cattle as quick as possible. That is Mike Drennan talking about taking care of cattle during this recent snowstorm. Again, their feedlot outside of Columbus, Nebraska. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio. These guys care. Clay Patton on the World Radio Network. Let's take a chance at the closing grain markets with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the Daily Newsletter this week in grain. And grains kind of make a strong finish into the close here on Friday afternoon, despite the fact trying to repeat what they did yesterday, open higher, then move lower. So what were we able to change from Thursday to Friday to really kind of increase this momentum to the close? I think the fact nobody really wants to be short. You know, we have pretty critical couple of weeks of weather in front of us. Things look good as far as, uh, you know, moisture is concerned, but that can always change. And then, you know, the fact we have China buying. China's made two of the largest corn purchases in their history this week. So um, you're going to see export sales continue to stay hot. And with no other real competition out there, um, 
it's not going anywhere. So the question for me now is what does that new crop do? September just hanging around the five, 475 level. December futures back down at 440. I think September is the one I really I look at. I, I think you're hearing a lot of a lot of folks get bit up trying to meet that delivery date. And my thinking is if you want to bet on a late harvest, buying that. We look out into the, some of these deferred contracts. Well, that March 22 contract still holding at the 450. So, is there somewhat not necessarily the lottery play, but to go out there and buy some of these five dollar plus calls out in some of those far out markets to be ready to capture that premium if it were to pop up? Yeah, I think it's hard to say do it in the in the old crop. I I think if you own an old crop, it's a better way to do it and use the futures. But uh, in the case of of the calls, I think you look at something that isn't priced in, and that is weather. You know, the demand picture is kind of priced in here. So I'm not saying we can't see six bucks, but, you know, to bet on a call volatility so high, right? And I don't know if that's the way I would play it. I think on the upside in the SEP, even going out and looking at $6 calls in that, I mean, if this thing, this thing going to light the lamp this summer, spring, if, if we have weather problems. I mean, that's, I hate to guarantee much, but uh, it's, I can't obviously guarantee the price action, but, you know, stuff happens. And, it, and it, I've been doing this long enough to know that nothing ever goes in perfect, never, ever never comes out perfect. Even if the trend yields end up there, there's usually a period where we're nervous. So I think you save yourself and get yourself some upside opportunities in that in that aspect. In the short run though, I don't know if we have you know, you and I are gonna be talking a lot about acreage and that could spook some of the folks who are along the board. I also worry a little bit about what's happening in Wall Street here. If some of these, you know, hedge funds are allowed to be taken down, which, you know, certainly is the the right thing to do in my opinion, uh you could look at some sell offs in, in other other assets they own. Commodities I don't think will take too big of a dip but they have had a run here that is john payne senior marketing analyst with daniel zag marketing learn more at danielzagmarketing.com be sure to sign up for the daily newsletter as well do remember though trading futures and options involve risk of loss it may not be suitable for all investors consider these risks before investing all right thank you very much clay that'll wrap up midday today if you miss anything from today or this entire week you can catch the Midday Podcast sponsored by Devenny Motors at KRV 